In the world of business, profit is everything. Those that are not profitable are condemned from memory. And the most important business of all is watching anime. Welcome back to the Weekly Anime Performance Review, the show where we review the performance of anime weekly. We are your three high-powered anime business executives. I'm John, your CEO, your Android CEO of Weebs. I'm high-powered because I have so many batteries in me. I'm Chris, your human CEO of Uncensored Handholding, and I'm high-powered because I just am. <laughs> and I'm Angie, your CEO of some truly powerful puns. And I'm high-powered because someone opened up the catnip. Gross. <laughs> no, hi. No, I, I get it, John. Andrew. Yeah. I, I, we got it. Yeah. Okay. I don't like it, but I got it. But that means we can't talk about that. God damn it. I mean, that's a fine thing to not talk about. <laughs> that's in my summary, though, you fucker. Yeah. Uh-huh. <sighs> Whoopsie. You upset that, me. Or something else. That's helpful. Anyway, uh, we are we are beginning a new season. So this is the first uh, episode, first true episode of the season. Last week, we picked our shows for the fall 2020 season. This is our first week of uh, actual content, anime, to watch. So we got a lot to cover this week. We got ten shows to talk about. Uh, it's it's always weird going back to having a full slate after, you know, we whittle it down to four and just talk about how good they are for four weeks. John, how uh, do, this is the first episode of a new season. How does this show work? So each week we're going to be watching, uh, we're going to be watching uh, these episodes as they come out, and then we'll be talking we'll be reviewing each episode as they appear uh and as our opinions of these shows change we will decide whether to retain them meaning we want to watch them another week or we fire them saying i'm done with this show i don't want to watch anymore uh the show that has the worst voting record among the three of us will be fired in the event of a tie it goes to you the listener we'll put a poll on our twitter so it's up to us and to you to determine which anime will make it into up the corporate ladder and which ones will be left out in the cold to starve because that's how capitalism works. I trust that that summary was succinct. Anyway, let's jump right into it. First up on the list is Akudama Drive. In cyberpunk Osaka, our heroine is mixed up with an attempt by several hardened members of the Akudama crime syndicate to rescue Cutthroat, who is set to be publicly executed. <laughs> This is like wow, <laughs> what a, what a cool uh, opening to the show. I like like a lot. Of, there's a lot of stuff I love in this episode, like every yeah. neon sign in the city changing to cutthroat execution and stuff like that. Yeah, all the um, intros for the characters, the um, Akudamas, I guess I should say, are comic booky. Yeah, they're probably yeah. more Persona. Um, is the closest per- anime equivalent? Persona gets a lot of. I think Persona takes inspiration from comic booky for its um, yeah. all-out attack things. Mm-hmm. It also kind of reminds me of Borderlands 2, actually. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you meet, like, a new NPC. Yeah. But uh, the colors in this are beautiful. Oh, yeah. In fact, <laughs> every, I just... Every... Sorry, go ahead. No, just I think this entire season, we have some beautiful shows. Yeah. Absolutely. Every season, there's always that one anime we watch that's just like, what if there was a lot of colors? <laughs> yeah. And this is certainly that one. Speaking of colors, so there were the random guy that, like, when they crash through the prison, uh, that, like, joins the group by accident. Uh, hoodlum? Yeah. Yeah, Hoodlum. Hoodlum, hoodlum, hoodlum whatever. Hoodlum. Is he supposed to have the same color scheme as the Joker, or...? I, I think, think it's a so. coincidence. I think it's a little joke on that. Haha. Very funny, Andrew. That wasn't okay. 
And also, uh, another thing to note about this show is that so far, none of the main characters have been given names. They all just are kind of referred to by their roles. I think that is their names. Yeah, it's like their codename or whatever, because Mm -hmm. to talk about this world a little bit, it seems like from only one episode, um, but there's certain people who are for hire that are known as Akudama. Um, and they're given various jobs, and they're called names. So we have courier, brawler, hacker, and doctor. Um, doctor does not really help people as much as stab people. Um, <laughs> and then we have cutthroat, who decapitates people. Hoodlum, who I think is just a grunt. And then swindler, who's our main character. Who... But she's ordinary girl. On... Right. Yeah. But She just kind of makes up that she's swindler. Yeah. Right. But the idea is that these people are pretty much, what's the word I'm looking for? Not bodyguards. Mercenaries for hire, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and something John left out of his summary is that at the end of the episode, Cutthroat puts all these necklaces on them and that are like Suicide Squad style. They blow up your head if you do what he doesn't want. And mm-hmm. yeah. We don't know what he wants them to do yet. Or I guess it, the cat. And then the cat started talking, saying, hey, yeah. I've gathered, gathered you all here. Yeah. yeah. I don't think Cutthroat's the boss. Yeah. No. Also, I'm like 90% certain that um, <laughs> that Doctor is voiced by the same person that voiced Hanako-san in that show. That actually, yeah, fair enough. Let's find out. Yeah, I mean, it's I would believe not, it. It's a few clicks away. Yep. It is the same person. Yes. Okay. Pretty distinctive voice. Mm-hmm. That, which is why for like five seconds I was confused about the character's gender before we actually saw her design. I was like, oh, that's not a that's not a dude. She's oh yeah, also, no, hundred percent, it's a girl. She's also Shinji. <laughs> she's Shinji. Yeah. Huh. How about that? Good for her. I didn't recognize that the Shinji voice at all in it, but oh, she's also Yugi from Yugi. Really? Yeah. Huh. Prolific. <laughs> Anyways, I will say the action scenes in this are very cool. Cool. Yeah. Like this is a slick-looking anime, mm-hmm. and I think they did a good job of making it look fun and exciting. Very good blending of 2D and 3D elements, I think. Yes, 100%. I, I noticed quite a few 3D elements in these animes, but I think this one did it probably the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I think, as a general rule, I think anime is getting better at incorporating 3D elements. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's becoming more relevant. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's just kind of the rising tide lifts all boats. But this is definitely a standout example. So it's certainly a treat for the eyes, and it's it got me intrigued with its fucking cat at the end. <laughs> yeah. So I am definitely curious about this one. Yeah, I'll retain it. I'm also going to retain this show. Oh yeah, 100% I'm retaining this one. That is three retains for Akudama Drive. Next up on the list is The Day I Became God. Uh, in this in the first episode, Yota is a senior in high school who meets a strange girl who calls herself Odin and says the world will end in 30 days, along with demonstrating mysterious powers of prediction. This one was delightful. Yes. Um, so obviously, the, the, another kind of mystery is, you know, what the heck? She seems to be pretty good at predicting stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, she seems to have predicted the end of the world in 30 days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's hard to say it's a mystery because the show tells us, hey, she can do this. So it's, I think we're more inclined to believe her than anyone else, if that makes sense. I guess the mystery is, is she actually psychic or is she just really, really good at predicting things? That's true. Is she just Joseph Joestar levels of good at deductive reasoning? And is this end of the world that she's talking about real, or is it metaphorical? Yeah. Or is it even going to end? 
Well, it could be the end of his world, like something bad happens, you know, but it's not the end of the world. Because all that she says is that it's done by humanity or something like that. The foolishness of yeah. kind, I think. Yeah, it's implied that it's like a nuclear war, but she well, he, never says that. He he asks, is it a nuclear war? And or she he says, did someone press the nuclear button? And she's like, does I don't even know if that exists. <laughs> so I feel like that's brought up as an option, but it's not really presented right. as the. And uh, one thing I left out of the summary uh, is uh, Yota's friend Izanami, who he's infatuated with and who pays him no mind whatsoever. <laughs> Immediately, his first thought upon befriending a potentially psychic girl is to try and win her affections by challenging the baseball team and getting his shit rocked. That's that's her idea, not his. Oh yeah, it is her idea, you're right. When I love that it's like, okay, the first one's gonna be a ball, so don't swing. The second one's gonna be a strike, so don't swing. Third one's gonna be a strike, so don't swing. Fourth one's, don't swing either. The fifth one, swing on that one. But, um, he gets <laughs> the, three strikes the, and is out. <laughs> the umpire calls the fourth pitch a strike, so I guess... No, I think she knew it was gonna be a strike, but she's like, you're not gonna hit it. But, I guess she just doesn't know how baseball works. Or she's playing the long con and she's like, this is what's going to happen. And that, yeah. or that in like the next, there's going to be an, in the next couple of episodes, something is going to be flying towards him and her. And he's going to have something similar to a baseball bat. And he's going to knock it away. And he's going to be like, oh shit, that was the fifth pitch. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Well, because she accurately predicted all the places of a race. Yeah. For horses. And like, I'm sorry, <laughs> but you're psychic or like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm inclined to believe her. Like, how could she predict a fifth pitch that didn't happen? Right. So it's going to happen. Something's up there. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Also, can I just say, uh, I loved all of. I think her character animation is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Like every time that like Yoda says something to her and she gets flustered, like she kind of gets irritated at him in a slightly different way. <laughs> uh, like it reminds me of, uh, it, it kind of reminds me of season two of Konosuba with like, uh, particularly that scene where, uh, particularly in that scene where like Aqua is complaining at Cosma from ways in a tree. And she's like, got like five different pieces of animation she goes through in one little scene. It's kind of like that. Except they're more spaced out here. But I'm 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 a sucker for good character acting and animation. Yeah, I think this I think this wasn't labeled it, but this seems like this might be the kooky characters anime of the season. Oh, like she's either actually Odin or a hundred percent a Chuni. It's one of the two. No, I agree, but I think with the best friend who's so deadpan, um like I think we're gonna get several characters that are have interesting personalities, and I think that's how it's gonna end up. Um, uh, Chris, uh, Chris, sorry, go ahead. Here's what I think's gonna happen. I think we're gonna have like eight or nine episodes of it just being like ha ha funny, and then around episode nine, it's gonna like suddenly shift gears to being all dramatic. Oh yeah, this is going to have a hard swerve to serious drama, I'm sure of it. Yes. Yeah. It just seems like that kind of anime. I'm not complaining, though, and I'm sure that I will cry when that happens. Uh, I'm going to vote to retain this one. Yeah, I'm also going to retain. Yeah, I'm going to retain it. Okay, here's our new business venture, my fellow executives. We go find the world tree, Yggdrasil. Chop that bitch down. And then sell Yggdrasil lumber to all the capitalists. They'll buy that shit. Or here's what we do, John. We go find a random tree, cut it down, and sell it as Yggdrasil lumber. And the capitalists will buy that shit up. You're even smarter than I am, because then we don't even have to tip, uh, destroy the balance of the cosmos. <laughs> all right. Next up on the list is Dragon Quest, Dai's Great Adventure. 
uh, in episode one, Die is an orphan boy who lives on an island of monsters. After an incident with a false hero, the king marks him as someone of destiny, and soon that destiny comes calling. Then in episode two, Die awakens his powers and foils an, an assassination attempt on Princess Leona. Meanwhile, the Dark Lord is returning, and people need the new hero. Uh, I'm enjoying this so far. Uh, I mean, I, I like Dragon Quest a lot. I think it's just a very comfy setting. Um, if that makes sense. I, I enjoyed this one. I think it mm -hmm. was really comfy and like, it's relaxing, especially in these times. Mm -hmm. It's very much a Shonen. Like this was in Shonen Jump when it came out. I'm interested story-wise how they're going to do it, because both of these episodes were very episodic, but obviously Dragon Quest 3 is a video game, so it's not really. Turns out I was wrong about this just being Dragon Quest 3. It's an original story. Okay. Oh, but cool. It's okay. like, then... it's got basically the plot of every Dragon Quest. There's a Dark Lord, and there's a Hero of Destiny, and the Hero of Destiny has to go beat the Dark Lord. That's every... I mean, I think that every Dragon yeah. Quest game has that exact outline. It's just the details in between that are different. Yeah, that's part of the reason it's a comfy franchise. And also, as another little detail, like the fake heroes in the episode are based on character designs from Dragon Quest three. OK, uh, like basically just take the face off of the hero, the fake hero guy and put Gohan's face on him and you've got the hero from Dragon Quest three. Or just any Toriyama face, because he can only draw the one. He is, he is like, two. <laughs> <laughs> any human character's face. Yeah. He's good at drawing monster faces. And I actually like where the show's art is, and kind of like, you know, because the... Because, you know, the, the designs of the characters in the games are... Toriyama. I don't know if the if he did any of the designs for this manga. But if he didn't, whoever did um did a good job of kind of getting there without totally just ripping it off, I think. Yeah, I, I'm I'm curious about this now. It is neither written nor drawn by Akira Toriyama. I didn't think so. Yeah. Well, it doesn't mean he didn't do the character design. His name is nowhere in the Wikipedia article. So I don't think so. But obviously, you know, there's still his monster designs about. Yeah. Which are great, by the way. I love all the Dragon Quest monsters. Which I think it was a smart move to start out the story like on the island full of monsters, you know. You see all you see the most recurring characters in the series right off the bat. Yeah. I think this show is something that I don't think I'll enjoy it all season, but I'll enjoy it while we're watching it. Yeah, ultimately I have to agree because I'm like, I don't know there's no story yet, and that's fine. But I'm not sure how solid the story is even gonna be, or if it's just gonna be like Pokemon story where they just run around and have fun. I think you it's know? probably going to be mostly Pokemon. Yeah, I, yeah. That's kind of how the early Dragon Quest games are structured. Um, you know, because this this manga came out in like, man, I closed the damn Wikipedia article. Uh, this manga ran in nineteen ran from eighty nine to wow ninety six, but. <laughs> When it started, like, basically the formula of the Dragon Quest games it was, like, you go to a new town, and they're dealing with some shit, and you deal with their shit, and then you move on to the next town. So, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like that for most of the runtime. Which I don't really mind right now. Yeah. That's more or less how most JRPGs are structured. It's just generally each town is somehow tied into the main plot. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like, you know, even like Ocarina of Time has basically that plot structure when you break it down. It's just they're all connected by the common thread of Ganondorf did it, or insert whatever villain it is here. But, like I said, Dragon Quest is comfy to me, even though I didn't really grow up with it, so I'm going to vote to retain.
I've never played a Dragon Quest, but I'm enjoying this right now. I retain. I've never played a Dragon Quest either, but it's just fun enough. I retain. All right. Actually, no, I have played a Dragon Quest, but which only one? like the first five hours. Did you play the demo of Eleven? No, it was... Actually, no, I think I've done two, played two. I played the Dream one and the one with, like, the six different main characters. That's that's four and six you've played. Okay. Next up on the list is the Gymnastics Samurai. In our first episode, Jotaro is an aging gymnast trying to make the tough decision to retire for the sake of his family. After being repeatedly interrupted by a very strange ninja, he changes his mind at the last moment. Y'all, fuck is up with that bird? <laughs> I, I think it's just like, they need a wacky pet. Here's a giant fucking bird. Yeah, but like, it talks. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess there's birds that talk in real life, but mm -hmm. it seems to exhibit a lot more intelligence than your average talking bird. Okay, well, it's also an anime. Yeah, I know. I was just kind of taken aback by it. I think, in general, animals are smarter in anime than they normally are. Yeah, you're probably right. What what show was it that had the penguins? The Place Further Than the Universe? No, not that one. Uh, Evangelion? Uh, uh, yeah. Not that one either. The one we watched where, like, the, the, the boy thought he was a Sentai hero. Oh, yeah. Um, was there a streamer boys? Was there a penguin in that show, or am I insane? I think there was. Like in the last episode, I think. Yeah. Anyway. Because it, it escaped yeah. from the zoo. That's yeah. right. And it was attacking yeah. people, or at least people were getting scared of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know where you're going with that, but I don't think so. I think he was just talking. <laughs> we talked about smart animals. <laughs> but yeah, gymnastic yeah, samurai. No. Yeah, um this one's this one's kind of neat because um I I feel like at this point single father and daughter is practically an anime genre to itself. Yeah. Not that I mind. But also also her uh, her grandmother is in the picture. I think this show is probably going to turn into full house but with one daughter. I've never seen uh, full house but sure. Because uh, in the OP, it looks like there's a there's going to be him, the ninja, and a third guy who wears purple. Well, in the OP. But, yeah. Also, what's the ninja's deal, yeah. man? I He's a foreigner um, who doesn't want to get deported. I think that he's a gymnastic guy from... Uh, another country and he came to japan because he really liked jotaro and he was like i want to be trained by him or something to that effect because he he seems to be to really like jotaro and to know who he was before yeah that's true i think what's going to happen is him the ninja and then the third guy are all gonna train together and whatever but i'm not yeah because I was thinking Jotaro was going to become a coach, but I'm not sure if that's true or not. I think he'll probably end up being a coach, like somewhat of a coach to the other two, but he's also going to be on the team, so more like a captain. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, I, I could see that. But he's like not the main competitor necessarily. Yeah. Because yeah, I will also say... um. The his Jotaro's coach was saying stuff like, "Honestly, this generation just kind of got unlucky, and we need to start training the next generation mm -hmm. of gymnasts." Um, so that's why he's kind of pushing Jotaro yeah. to retire. I did like it when he said, "I'm going to retire," yeah. not. <laughs> and we're just like, "Not." <laughs> I retire Everyone not. Did the same held tilt. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Um, it was also like a good moment of like visual storytelling where like instead of being like I want to make 
like just having an inner monologue of why am I doing this when my daughter loves me doing gymnastics and I want to make her proud. We just see a memory of him putting the bronze medal around her neck. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, no more, no more inner monologues in anime 2020. Visual storytelling only. We had some inner monologues. I don't hate the inner monologue. I just think it's overused. It's certainly overused in anime. Yeah. And plus, nobody, there will never be a better anime internal monologue than the last two episodes of Ava. So why bother? And... John, inner monologue is bad. Also, John, JoJo's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) I never said JoJo. I I don't really think, I don't know. I honestly have no idea if JoJo is good. I just know that I like it. I'm going to retain. I'm also retaining. Yeah, I'll retain. Next up on the list is Hypnosis Mike. Uh, In a world run by women where all weapons have been replaced with raps, a plan unfolds to have a rap tournament to redirect antipathy against the state and eliminate potential dissidents. And in the second episode, the Buster Bros foil a hostage takeover. Foil a hostage taker, rather. Man, that first episode was a lot. Yeah, and I'm kind of surprised that the second episode kind of didn't really follow up on that. I think what they're doing is they're going to give us an episode with each of the rap groups and then go into the tournament. I just think... Yeah. I think they structured this show poorly. I think they should have just given them each a full episode rather than giving them each uh, like a quarter of an episode in the first one. Yeah. Uh, or they each give them half and just take two yeah. or something. I think it's fine doing it th- one episode each because then instead of just rushing to get to know three characters in 12 minutes, we're getting the full 24 minutes to get to know them in their relationship. Fair. I will say, I think the Buster Bros are the main yeah. characters. Well, yeah, I mean, they wear primary um, colors. That makes them the main characters. <laughs> Well, but in addition, they're the ones who do the ED. Yeah, I think it's just the Buster Bros. I think Bros. there's four EDs, and each group does a different one. Are you just guessing, or do you know that? I'm guessing. I will. I will say this. I feel like this is kind of trying to be an idol anime, but with I don't think it's Brown. kind of. I think it is. I'm pretty sure there's a mobile game, yeah. so you're probably not far off the mark. Oh. Yeah, I'd believe it. Yeah, I think I really like the design of this show and like all the creative stuff it does. Like with each character, each character has a different mic and like it's not always just a mic. Like there's one guy who's talking into a walkie talkie. There's another who like has a cell phone because like he's been, he's supposed to be like an overworked guy. Uh, my favorite is like the the fashion designer guy who's like incredibly gay and has his like little candy mic. He's fun. Yeah, I. I'm trying to think which one's my favorite. I also like the doctor who's like a Sephiroth looking motherfucker. And he's got like the old timey mic. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I think. I, I agree with Chris. The creative aspects of this are great. How everyone has different speakers, everyone has a slightly different mm-hmm. style. I just don't know if about rap to like actually. I say like about the that. music sequences. I think those are well done. Oh um, yeah, the songs. I think the songs are good, and I think the visuals are good. I just feel like the show isn't really catching me. I. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's like all it's like all muscle and no bones. Yeah. Uh like if they just wanted to make animated music videos, like those would be fun. But yeah. There's stuff in between. Yeah, this is like, Honestly, I, I agree. I feel like this is really an excuse yeah, to make music and I think videos. The, the big reason I feel this way is because the of how the first episode was structured to where we got to know a little bit about all the characters, but we really didn't learn anything about them. And so I really, I didn't really care about them and I don't care about them going forwards. And so, yeah. I, yeah. 
the, the funny thing for me was like I didn't catch uh, Ichiro, Saburo, and Jiro's names when I first saw them. I was like, oh, I'll get it when they cut back to them. And they never did in the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I think, what I would have done if I was the planner of this show is I would have done like the cold open of the first episode where the women are like, we're taking over and rap is now the only weapon. And then the rest of episode one would have been what we got in episode two. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> and then maybe cut it so that way at the end we get the see like we get like the opening sequence for, with the second group mm -hmm. from the first episode to like set up for next because they very briefly cut over to the doctor uh in the second episode because he used to be a teammate of ichiro so maybe use that as a segue into doing his group next yeah so i will say the app says it's based on the anime <laughs> So I think they were done at roughly the oh, same time. interesting. Yeah, I think the anime is probably like a quote-unquote promotion for the app. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. If you played the app, you might care about these characters more, you know? Absolutely. Reminds me of Mr. Love Queen's Choice in that regard. Yeah, where, where the anime is really not like the anime is made to be like, hey, look at this story in visual form <laughs> where you still have to read everything. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy the parts of this show that I enjoy enough that I still want to see if it is going to get better. So I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and retain it for now. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go ahead and retain because I enjoyed watching this whether I enjoy what it's doing or not, we'll have to still see. If that makes sense. I vote to fire it. It's just not doing anything for me. Fair enough. That's one fire. For Hypnosis Mike. It has a long way to go if it's going to stack up to the greatest rap battle scene in the history of anime. Yeah. <laughs> you know the one. We all know the one. Andrew doesn't. Andrew doesn't. Because <laughs> Zombieland Saga. Yeah, I don't know. Next up on the list is Ikebukuro Westgate Park. In the first episode, <laughs> the G-Boys are a gang that work with the Ikebukuro police. In this episode, uh, Makoto, one of their members, uh, takes down a drug man. Uh, speaking of shows that aren't doing it for us, <laughs> this one did not really do anything for me personally. Uh, like, <laughs> I thought it was, I thought the idea of like a gang being like vigilante justice would be interesting, but then like the next scene is them working with the cops. And I'm not just like critiquing it on the grounds of like it being not aligned with my politics. I also just think it's kind of boring. Um, yeah, it this feels more like a detective show than it does a gang show. Yeah, which I was disappointed by. <laughs> um, and also like, oh, they, they they're selling these crazy new drugs that make you go insane and murder people, and it's it's weed. They just it's weed. weed. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they just totally leave out the, like, like, cause like well, they say earlier in the episode, like, oh, you spray it in your eyes and you go crazy. And then it's, it's marijuana. I will say they never said that the drugs that made them go crazy were weed. They just said they found weed and they're home growing it. That doesn't mean that that's the stuff that makes them yeah, okay, crazy. But, why, they're getting them but still, yeah. Okay, but why bring it up then? If you're not going to have that pay off in the episode. No, and. Well, because they planted the weed on them, on the store. You didn't. But they also said at one point, like, drugs are bad. We don't care if they're illegal or not. Which, uh, also, evidence planting is, like, super illegal. Oh, 100%, but yeah. it's the gang that did I know. It, not the cops. Which is, like... I don't know. Does that make it good? I don't think so. <laughs> it's not evidence planting. It's moving the evidence. <laughs> I don't know. I think... 
I can see this totally happening because also, to be fair, this is they're on the gang's turf. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Like I think it's all fine, relatively fine, morally, because the gang is already an illegal organization. But yeah, I don't know yeah. if I cared. I don't. Yeah, there's there's nothing really that hooked me about this one. Um, it just seemed a little bit generic to my tastes. Yeah. I like. I I'm really struggling things to say about it right now. I think something I did enjoy. Like, at least compared to Woodpecker Detective Agency, which we've watched previously, I feel like it did a good job of introducing all the characters and telling, like, giving us a bit of information about them instead of just throwing them at us and being like, oh, yeah, this character exists. Yeah, not only that, but I did like, um, was it Mion, I think? Was that her name? Yeah, I, I did like her and how, um, Makoto was kind of trying to teach her about a little bit about the underworld, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, like she was the audience surrogate. Yeah. But then it's also like, is she gonna be in the rest of these episodes? Because that doesn't Yeah, because like her whole thing like in this episode was oh my mom got hit by a drug person in a car, so I hate drug people. Deal with them. But so now she doesn't really have any reason to be around. Well, I mean, she if she's friends with if she's now like friends with Makoto, I could see it happening where she's just like, "Oh yeah, we're partners now," and he's like, "No, you're a kid." <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I have nothing to say. There is, it's just so generic. I, I I'm never, I'm not really a big fan of like crime dramas, really. Um. The only way I can really get into a crime drama is if it's, like, got a fun, like, detective main character, which this one doesn't really. Like, I love Knives Out, but Knives Out, this ain't. I think, honestly, what turned me off the most is the fact that he's not part of the G... G-Boys. G-Boys? He's independent. Like, if he was part of the G-Boys, but he was their, like, police go-to, whatever, like, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, or if he took care of stuff in a different way, but he's not, though. He's, he's just, just like buddies with the, the head of the G-Boys. Right. So, I think ultimately that's going to make me, I guess, fire this one. I didn't think I was going to do that, but now talking it out. Yeah, I'm also going to vote to fire. Like, this did nothing for me. I was bored. Yeah, I'm also going to vote to fire. Yeah, this just did nothing for any of us, I think. So that is three fires for Ikebukuro Westgate Park. Next up on the list is I'm Standing on One Million Lives. Uh, in the first episode, edgy boy Yatsuya is transported to a fantasy world and classed as a farmer by the mysterious Game Master. He and his companions, Sword Girl and Wind Girl, are tasked with completing quests or else they die in real life. You can tell that John really likes this one. I got their names for the second summary. <laughs> Yatsuya Shindo and Kusue are tasked with eliminating a troll menacing the village. After an 11th hour promotion to chef, Yatsuya and crew prevail. Um, yeah, I didn't really care for this one. What was your first clue? Uh, you called him edgy boy. He is an edgy boy, though. Mm, a little, but not as much as you're making it seem you're like You're making he is. him sound like Kirito edgy by just saying he's edgy. You're making him sound like a knight. Okay. What? <laughs> that was stupid. I apologize. Edgy, because... Okay. Uh, I mean, I didn't hate it entirely. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not, like, groundbreaking or anything. Probably my biggest issue with it is how weird it is tonally. How so? I don't know, because, like, it, for, it's, I feel like it like wants you to take it really seriously sometimes, but then, you know, it's also cracking a lot of jokes. Hmm, kind of like JoJo. I mean, <laughs> like every Marvel movie. <laughs> like... <clears throat> 
that's no, not... this isn't the same as that. I don't know. I feel like it's not trying to be as serious as, or at least like it's not. Like I get what you're saying. I don't think it's as whiplash as you're trying to as you think it is. I agree. It it bug it bugs like, me at least. There are I don't um they did make it to where it's like, hey, you need to do this or else the world's gonna die. Um and especially at the end of the second episode they showed a dragon appearing um in Tokyo somewhere. So it's like, oh, we actually do need to get good at this. But I think it's also like I think the jokes are supposed to let off the release valve and make it be a fun time so that it's not 12 or 13 episodes of just drama and hard times. Maybe. I don't know. Well, then maybe my issue is that the jokes just didn't land for me, so they didn't actually release any tension. Yeah, that's probably it. Maybe that's the problem, I guess. So I think I was more just annoyed by the jokes than I was... uh, you know, then they didn't fulfill their intended purpose. Good because you're right. There are a lot of uh there are a lot of works of fiction that pretty well balance tension with humor. Mm-hmm. But in order to do that you have to actually be funny. <laughs> and funny is subjective. Yeah. I didn't really enjoy the jokes in this episode and these episodes. Mm-hmm. Because it like go ahead. So I did enjoy how when he became a chef, um, he learned anatomy of the monsters. And so that helped him know, hey, I can cut open the stomach here and get my friends to revive and whatever. Um, And I thought that was actually a useful skill in a way of like, chef shouldn't be helpful, but it is. Um, And like they did use the wind magic who can't do much. Well, not if you stab it in the back of their fucking skull. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She she literally blew his brains out. Do also like how they gamified the dying to where there's a mm-hmm. thirty second timer, and so if everyone dies at the same time, that's bad. But what that means is I can go and sacrifice myself to give you an yeah. opening mm-hmm. because I can die. That's fine. or like somebody can just like ragdoll themselves so that they can figure out how the monster attacks or something like that. Yeah, right. Um, it's in a, in a way it's kind of like you know it's interesting because they have a very limited tool set. Uh, and it's about trying to figure out how they can win with that, and they have the freedom to experiment with it. Yes. Unless they all die. Yeah. So there's, so there's still some tension to it. Yeah. Right. And I think the sh- this show, like, well, I think there's going to be, in terms of, like, plot, it's going to focus on the games, but what I think it's really going to be about is about the party growing together and going from shitty people to family. I mean, I don't think that Kusue and Shindo are shitty people. Maybe they're just them making Yatsuya not suck so much anymore. Yatsuya was very, like, self-centered, and he left his friend alone in the city because he's like, I don't need your help. So it might be more of his growth. um, It certainly is. Well, and it also feels like each new person is going to grow in some way because of their relationships with the the party members. Yeah, I mean, we had the flashback of... Uh, the two girls. Is The two girls. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember which one. Oh, which you gave me so much um, of the for sword not knowing girl. their names. I didn't give you crap for not knowing their name. I... I just said you didn't like it. Yeah, it's that you called them sword girl yeah. and wind girl. Am I wrong, though? Um, no, but um, Sword Girl is a scaredy cat, and Wind Girl was like, hey, it's fine. I did this by myself, so two of us, we we can do this. Like, we're unbeatable, pretty much. Um, I don't remember the exact words, but it, there already was some growth there. I have never pretended to know anybody's names in any anime. That's fair. You generally learn them by the time we like are down to our top four or whatever. Well, also because those are the ones yeah. I care about. So I'm like, oh, I should be. And we're them, having like I? 40 characters' names thrown at us this first week. Yeah, you're right. My God. Uh, what else right now? Anything else we want to bring up? 
Um, in theory, next episode we're getting a new character. Yes. Yeah. Also, the game master implies that he's someone from the future, which okay. I had a bit of time between each episode. Did the game master have a different voice in the second episode? I didn't notice. I don't okay. think so. I know that the subwise they cut off some of his words, so I'm not sure. Well, if, if you listen to him speaking, he cuts off his he cuts off the last syllable of his sentences in Japanese too. Okay, it's just a weird so quirk kinda, of his speech. Yeah. Yeah, I think the game master is one of them from the future. Because he was like, when uh, Yotsuya asked his question about what happens after the 10th stage, uh, he showed a future of the three main characters in the future in real life. And he referred to it as, this is what happened in our timeline. Oh, you're right. Oh, so he's one of them from an alternate timeline or something. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I think, well, knowing that, I think I'm going to make a conjecture. I think that the idea of them dying, if they all die, or don't complete the quest, might be a fabrication. Mm-hmm. If if that's the case, if it's if the game master is one of them from the future trying to help them yeah. uh, get ready for whatever's coming. Because did they say that the game master told them that or did they just assume that? I don't know. I think um, the wind girl said it says blank or something like that. Like, I don't. She seemed confident in her information, but I'm not sure how she knew that. All right, fair enough. I am still going to vote to fire because... I don't think there was an, quite enough in these episodes to hook me into committing much more from here. I really liked this one. Um, I don't. I don't think it did anything too egregious in these first two episodes that made me think I don't want to keep watching, and I am interested in this premise and seeing who they get to join them from here. Okay, I don't know if you actually did or didn't. Um, I'm going to retain as well because I think. This is technically an isekai, but I think they're doing something interesting with how they're still in the real world as well. So, uh, that is one fire for I'm Standing on One Million Lives. Next up on the list is Iwakakiru. Uh, in the first episode, Konomi accidentally becomes a member of her school's sports climbing team while searching for something besides puzzle games to occupy her time. And then in the second episode... The team goes to its first competition of the year, where a weird cat girl messes with Konomi's head. Afterwards, the team resolves to be national champions. Um, well, <laughs> this one got off to a pretty hot start, I'd say. And <laughs> uh, that it, like, it just kind of threw us right into it. In a good way, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was fine. Like, um... <laughs> I think, like, my least favorite thing about, like, sports club anime is that they, like... It takes them like three episodes to actually do much of the activity. Mm -hmm. Whereas this one, it's like, oh, we're going to climb a bunch in the first episode. And then, oh, we're, we're doing the first competition in the second episode. I like that. Yeah. And they did. I think they introduced most of the main rivals already because um, yeah. they mentioned a list of them. Yeah. And we saw the spider girl. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And the spider girl is probably the big bad so to speak i don't i don't think she's the big bad i think she's going to i think um she's like an arc villain yeah like she's going to be the first one that they go up against and i think the big like the quote-unquote big bad is going to be the princess oh and yeah you're right yeah the the one that makes all the cat the other one that makes yeah. cat girl noises well she's more of a cat girl the other one makes i can't yeah. say it yeah. She just says yeah, yeah. a lot. <laughs> she she I did like know. how they reflected that in the subtitles. Yes. Yeah. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, it was fun. Uh a uh, fun something that I think is really funny is that um the uh Nono I think Nono Senpai, who is the short girl with red who looks like Eno from uh Kaguya sama with red hair. Yeah is voiced by the same VA who voices Eno from Kaguya-sama. Of course. I was I was about to say, like, she doesn't look that much like Eno. 
But then you looked at her. She she does a little bit, yeah. I think what I enjoyed was that they showed different people's strengths and all that. Um, and like the short girl, they're like, "Isn't that a disadvantage?" Um, and then the other girl was like, "She's super flexible, yeah." And so I think that just I'm more also excited to see different people's strengths at climbing yeah. and stuff. Um. Because I think we'll see that as we go through and have mm -hmm. more rivals. Yeah, I like. Yeah, because it's not like baseball. It's like, oh, I have a special mm -hmm. pitch or something. It's like, no, you all got to yeah. do the same thing. I think what I, and I think comparing this to Tamayomi, which was the last sports anime we watched, I believe. I think what this one does a lot better is that is introducing all the characters. And I think the big advantage to that is that they don't have to introduce nine of them. Yeah, oh, yeah well, 10 because of the manager. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also the art is way more consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a lot easier for us to care about four girls and see each of their <laughs> journeys because we've already... We brought in with one and we get her background already and then... It's not like the others are super well, complicated. I think, the, I think the show is going to focus more on June and Konami. And then Probably, yeah. the other two are just going to get enough information that we don't just feel like they're there. Yeah. Because yeah. they're already like the two best climbers around. Mm -hmm. yeah. In the region. Mm -hmm. But still, they're they're very they're good. They're they're competitors. I think June. I think it implied that the two of them in June were like the top three. Yeah. yeah, June got third. But we also know that June and Konami was that like they also tied in the race beforehand. So like, well, Konami didn't place because she got psyched no. out in the in um, the race in the first episode. Famous, but... I think Konami won through a combination <sighs> of luck and the handicap, or she almost won. Because That's uh, uh, June has a handicap where she can't see the wall before she starts climbing, and she's starting two minutes later. And there was also, she misjudged the grip on the things, and so she was like, oh, this is different than I was expecting, and these grips are weird. Yeah, but Konami ha did, has done some advanced techniques without really yeah. being taught them. Mm -hmm. So like she she's not gonna be she's gonna quickly match. The and what others. I what I liked about the her failing during the competition was that she has like the mental capacity to climb and like figure out the quote unquote puzzle of climbing. She mm -hmm. just doesn't quite have the physical yet. Yeah, we saw we see her doing a bunch of physical conditioning in the OP and suffering. Yeah. So that'll probably be a thing. Uh, yeah, so probably they're going to put her on a big conditioning program in the next couple episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to have a training episode or two next. Training arc. I don't know if it's going to be a full arc. Probably It'll probably be two episodes or so. I mean, like, the training arc would probably just be one episode of them hanging out training and then an episode where they race. Yeah, yeah maybe. maybe so. But yeah. But I do like how they're saying she's smart and she's good at puzzle games. They get, mm -hmm. they explain, I think perfectly well, why she's good at climbing. She's just not good at yeah. the actual climbing. <laughs> yeah. Like why well, she has the potential to be an amazing climber. Yes. Right. So I, I, it doesn't feel like she's this miracle kid or whatever, you know, like she, she is a miracle kid, but not like most sports anime where it's like, Oh, the rookie is on par with everyone else immediately. Like, especially in physical terms. Yeah. I think I've said everything I want to say about this. Same. Yeah, I'm going to retain it because I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I, I like where this is going. Yeah, I'm going to retain. Wait, is this like the first Sprouts anime that we actually enjoyed? Uh, you guys, we kind, I think we kind of enjoyed Tamayomi for a bit. But... I liked Tamayomi okay. According according to a source I trust, it got better after we stopped watching it. Of course it did. <laughs> I mean, it always does. Next up on the list, uh, that's three retains for Iwakakaru, by the way.
Next up on the list is Tonikawa. Uh, in episode one, Nasa is a super genius who has everything going for him until he gets hit by a truck. <laughs> Tsukasa saves his dumbass and he agrees to marry her on the spot. Now their married life begins. And in the second episode, Nasa and Tsukasa have an eventful first night of marriage. And not in the way you think. Okay, John. Kind of, but not really. What? You, you left out the detail of how uh, Tsukasa disappeared. For two years. <laughs> You're right. And then and then still wants to marry him on the spot when she comes back. Wait, is it two years? Because yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure it is. I think it was two years, yeah, I believe it. They yeah. hit eighteen. Also he just right? he decided to totally skip out on going to high school. <laughs> because he wanted to find her. Well Yes. Well, he was unconscious for a bit. So like he he was in a coma, so he couldn't take the first entrance exams. And he's like, you know what? I need to find her, so I'm going to work at a convenience store. Yeah, he was knocked on, he was, went into a coma in the winter and woke up in spring. Uh, Chris, you seem to be the biggest cheerleader of this one. Why don't you talk about it a little bit? I, I love this show. It's, I just love how wholesome it is. I, I like how it's kind of skipping the, like, frustrating part of romance anime where it's like you know they're going to end up together and they're just kind of will they won't they for 12 episodes mm -hmm. and it just kind of gets straight to the point yeah I, I kind of applaud whoever I don't, is this adapted from something I think it's based on a manga I applaud the mangaka for just being like you know what I want to do a romance but I don't want to do the same romance. I want to just do a, a story about a married couple that just gets married and then they have a relationship. But they don't have the relationship before they get married. Yeah, no, I I know we talk about how pretty these shows are, but like, I really like the color choices in this. I don't know, I just think they, it looks really nice. I, I don't. I don't know how to say that besides... <laughs> you said it. Yeah. Yeah. I will, I will say that for, um, those of you who are a bit sensitive to it, there is a bit of uncensored handling. In both episodes that we've seen so far. Yeah, both episodes. So just content warning for anybody who, you know, maybe watching with children or may just have a sensitive heart. Yeah, not a warning for the fact that she almost takes her shirt off. No. No, um, hand -holding. The uncensored handholding is what we care about. Yeah. yeah. Listen, they're married. Listen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but got it. Well, then it's not premarital hand. And holding. also, both times they both times they hold hands, yeah, okay. they're in public. Oh yes, <laughs> they do it in the bed store, and they do call it "grab all you want." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there's a lot of implications for that. Despite being married, they are still pretty chaste with one another, aside from the hand holding, though. Well, because they literally haven't talk to each other except for two years ago for a night when she saved him and that's it i remember chris watched this one first and he was like oh it gets etchy and i thought he was being serious and he was just talking about the hand. same <laughs> same <laughs> also i think um i think sukasa's from the moon could be that's because like i i what because based on what the truck driver said it would and how things were kind of set up through like what was happening when uh, NASA got hit by the truck. It looks like she was hit by the truck and took most of the force for NASA. Yeah, and she was fine. Yeah. And he compares it to Princess Kaguya. And then yeah. like Princess Kaguya, she disappears for two years, but then she comes back. Yes. Yeah, there's definitely something going on. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to say. I don't know. I've based on the op I've I've now bought into the moon theory. <laughs> I said based on the OP, it just looks like she's rich. Yeah. Um, and speaking of OP, I think we already know Chris's favorite. What what do you mean? You've literally listened to it so many times. Yeah, I think I might have listened to it more times than we have episodes of <laughs> She's Andrew, she's rich because she has moon rocks. There's so few of those on Earth. She's worth millions. Okay. 
God, if this if this show does end up on the fucking moon, that would be the best. <laughs> I mean, they are flying towards the moon at the end of the OP. Uh, the English title in the OP is Fly Me to the Holy Moon. Shit. Holy fuck. I think I think <laughs> what it's more implying is the fact that it's drawing yeah. parallels to that myth. Yeah. Um or I don't know, legend, folklore, whatever. Um because like Kaguya-sama is heavily based on the... The legend of Princess Kaguya. Or has a, draws a lot of inspiration from it, and I don't think we're expecting them to go to the moon. <laughs> At least not be literally. a lot cooler if they did, That'd be though. hilarious. <laughs> Honestly, like, they'll probably play some board game where they go to the moon in Kaguya-sama. I, I do have a question. I have an answer. Do his parents know that he got married? I mean, it's only been one yeah. night. What's he going to do? Call That's them true. at like 1 a.m.? I mean, he could have like, texted hey, him like, hey, I'm married. He, he could have texted I got married now. to the That's moon. Episode five. What if she is the moon? Well, no, she's not because the moon was in that in the first episode while she was there, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, she could be in two places. I don't fucking... It's the moon. I'm going to retain this one. I feel like there isn't a whole lot to really talk about yet. A lot of stuff happens, but not a whole lot happens, and it's just really wholesome to watch. I'm going to retain. Yeah, I think this one has a chance to shoot the moon. I retain. That's three retains for Tony Kawa, Fly Me to the Moon. Last up on the list is Wandering Witch, The Journey of Elena. In episode one, Elena commits herself to the study of being a witch in order to achieve her dream of traveling the world. In the first episode, she studies... She studies under the witch Fran and earns her stripes. And then in the second episode, Elena loses her badge and helps a hopeful for the apprentice witch exam. Uh, Andrew, you start us off this time. Yeah, so I actually enjoyed the first episode mm-hmm. because I thought it was fun and it was about her kind of growing and standing up for herself. And there was the message of like, um, sometimes it's okay to say no or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. Kind of what what she was saying was, if you feel put upon, it's okay to to stick with what you're already doing, rather than try to take yeah. on everything. To quote uh, Reagan from Mob Psycho, if you feel cornered, it's okay to run away, or turn tail and run. Yeah. So I I enjoyed the first episode, but the second one, I don't know. I didn't, her mom told her three things and it was like, um, if you feel corn or if you're in danger, run, you're just a normal person, just like everyone else and come back to us. And I feel like she broke the second one. Yeah. I, well, I don't think, I don't think that, uh, she's necessarily going to internalize that right away. I think that's part of the this arc. This is two years later, John. No, it's not from when she told her that. Yes, is it, it is. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Or it's it's implied. I don't know if because she's like, I, "Who's that eight? I'm eighteen now. Who's that witch? It's me." Oh, all right. Yeah, and she's like, "I'm going to the city because they like magic users, and I'm a witch, so they're gonna fawn over me and maybe give me free stuff." And I'm like, "Ah, well, <laughs> didn't quite work out that way." I didn't mind the second episode so much. I liked it. Was that your only gripe with it, Andrew? Well, also, like, um, I feel like the first one that they try and demonstrate, hey, look, she can do cool magic, is her fixing roof tiles. Okay, she fixed them by reversing time. Because I know they did magic in the first one, but... Yeah. Yeah. In a local area. Also, I feel like the first time they really show off the magic is that battle against Fran. Yeah. Yeah. The wizard duel, or witch duel, as the case is. What I wonder is, can men be witches, or is it just female supremacy in this setting? I think it's just female. Okay, fair enough. Because we've only seen female witches in anything. I do like that they have big hats. (laughs) Listen, if you're going to have a witch character, give her a big fucking hat. That's all I ask. I don't know, I liked this one. I like the hats. But also Mm. the show's good. (laughs) Yeah, I think this is probably going to be a show where not every episode is going to be a hit or miss, and it's just going, and whether or not 
we keep watching it is going to be if the hits can outshine the misses. Yeah, you're probably right. And I I enjoyed the second one. I think it it might have been a bit too early for this story, but I think it did a good job of kind of reversing the um like reversing the role of going from apprentice to teacher. Yeah. Like maybe not so quick a turnaround on that, but I don't mind it so much. Yeah. Well, cause in universe it was two years, but it, it hasn't been for us, you know? Yeah. It's been, I mean, we watched both of these this week, so back to back. But what I think is probably going to happen is in the next couple of episodes, um, the, younger witch from episode two is going to end up joining her and becoming her apprentice. Yeah. Maybe so. I kind of was surprised she hadn't, but I think that'd be cool. Uh, and I, I don't think that the, I was wrong to say that this gives off Somali vibes to me because, you know, it's kind of episodic, you know, it's got cute characters uh, going around the fantasy setting. It's not on the level uh, of Somali in terms of presentation, yeah. but I don't know. I think that's still an accurate, uh, assessment of the general vibe yeah well i must say somali had the bonus of having a little kid be the viewpoint and how she see well i mean i think i was really told through golem's eyes but like it was about Mm -hmm. her exploring this world for the first time and this she's already 18 so you know it's a bit well i think that elena despite being pretty book learned in comparison to somali is still pretty naive yeah a little bit yeah like it pretty much took her until the old woman or the the like maid told her, "Hey, I saw who took your medallion. It was this girl." Before she really put together what happened, yeah, or really even suspected her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like this show. I think it's going to be fun. I also liked it. Also, Frank was texting me about how much he likes the OP because it's in weird time signatures. <laughs> I need to listen to it again. So I'm going to vote to retain. I'm going to vote to retain, but not because the OP's in weird time signatures, because it's a good show. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, for me, if Chris was right about the hit or miss thing, this episode was a miss, so I think I got a fire. Okay, so that is okay. one fire for Wandering Witch, The Journey of Elena. That is all ten of our shows, and only one received three fires. That being Iwakakuru Westgate... That's not the right title. <clears throat> Ikebukuro Westgate Park. Uh, so, G-Boys, more like G-Willikers, get out of here. <laughs> more like P-Boys. More like Ikebuka Go. I don't know who won that time. I think we all lost, actually. <clears throat> uh, so, that is the first of our firings. So, join us next week where we'll be down to nine anime. If you liked what you saw here, give us a follow on Twitter, at Wappercast where we'll be posting updates and uh, future polls if we have ties. Uh, also, uh, we'll have two more regular episodes, which will go up on the 21st and the 28th. And then, as a Halloween special, we're also going to be watching Castlevania. Ooh, spooky. So look forward to those episodes in the coming weeks. With all that being said, I have been John, your Android CEO of Weebs. I've been Chris, and I'm sad we're getting another week of hypnosis. <laughs> and I'm Andrew, your CEO of some truly powerful puns. Beep boop ravioli. <laughs> <laughs>